Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Uh, ben Clark is my only guest this evening as uh, Marcel's gone back on holiday. So, you only uh, need one, mate. You only need one guest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've got the best of the best. Is that right? I've always said I've been carrying dead weight ever since you joined us. <laughs> Drinking from your uh, podcast goblet, crystal goblet. Yeah, seeing as Marcel's not joining us, I thought I could troll him from afar. Um, with the, <laughs> after after his uh, tirade of how many points in front he was last week, I thought I'd just remind him who's the uh, who's the champ who's until the uh, champ. until April, basically. Yeah, good, 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 no, good, matter, good. No matter how terrible my picks are between now and then, still the reigning yeah, champ. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You're only as good as the last like actual result, not the sort of intermittent results through the winter. So exactly. Uh, but we've got. Uh, Quite a few races to look back over this weekend. Lake Louise, we got all the races away. Double downhill, Super G. Men, we lost the first downhill, didn't we? Due to high winds and uh, lots of fresh snow. And then they got away downhill and Super G. I think, Ben, we'll start with the women. We'll uh, we'll look back at what was a pretty... I was going to say emphatic, that's not true. But uh, a, a dominant display from Godja taking both victories. That's the double-double. She picked up the double uh, downhill victory 12 months ago, and she did exactly the same this time. On the first day, uh, Suta was only 400s behind her, and then 600s behind Godja in third was uh, Cornelia Hooter. And then the second day, Nina Ortlieb from Bib 26 into second, and Suta had to settle for third. Uh, all in all, Ben, what did you make of those, um, those downhill days over in Lake Louise for the women? It looked cold. There was <laughs> so much tape on people's faces. Um, I wasn't sure if there was about to be a bank heist carried out by uh, the Women's World Cup tour. Uh, yeah, it looked absolutely freezing. I know you, uh, before we recorded, you, you started saying on the first day that the weather wasn't as as nice and the light was a bit flatter, so it wasn't it wasn't perfect racing conditions. But there was still um really good skiing to be had on there um and then obviously on the on the saturday the second downhill um you got to see everyone at their at their absolute best and you know like you said we always know godji is going to absolutely bring it it's just a case of if she holds holds the line and the speed she can yeah. carry the whole way down um but it's it's great to see uh suitor uh, and other racers so close because it means it's going to be a, a real battle for the speed title this year. I mean, we've seen Goggia blow away fields in in downhill and Super G the way Schifrin does in in slalom and GS yeah. sometimes. So it was great to see podiums so close. And I guess the only real kind of uh, disappointment might be a, a, a bit of a stretch, but just didn't see a huge amount from Lara Guparami in, no. in the two downhills. Based on you know the the kind of glimpse she showed at, at Killington, we thought, oh, she's going to be on on fire this year, and didn't didn't really show up this weekend, which is yeah, which is quite unlike her. Yeah, she sort of looks like a bit too casual. I know she's quite a relaxed character anyway, and goes you know and sort of lets her skis do the talking, as it were. But just didn't really look when she was racing. She didn't look up for it almost. Um, which yeah. Was- I don't know how much of that's maybe that you know it Olympics being last year and she had quite a big season and and, and maybe just yeah, a bit of a come that. down come yeah. down this season. Um, obviously, we mentioned in a in a previous podcast, Flahova saying that kind of Olympic gold was such a, a massive pinnacle dream for her that she was struggling a little bit to set new goals and mm. and find the motivation to achieve them. So so maybe there's there's something there from Cooper Army, but I think more than anything, it's probably because it was a little bit out of the blue. 
her jumping into the GS at Killington probably had us all kind of thinking, okay, she she means business this season. Uh, and it could well just be that she's not had a ton of speed training and just needs to kind of get get a bit more into the season and, and yeah, the races she, this weekend. She was, she was pretty quick though, wasn't she, in the Super G before she DNF'd, which we'll get onto. But I thought um, th- those two downhill days were brilliant. Slightly flat-like conditions on the first day. Late Louise Peace was uh, in mint condition having been raced on uh, by the men with the training runs as well and then the training runs for the women i mean the, the course workers obviously uh earning earning their uh, i was going to say their money but they mostly will be free uh, <laughs> <the> course <laughs> workers. Um, but certainly putting in a real shift and uh, and i think credit to them with was the amount of racing that was wicked and um and also quickly ilka stuhetz twice in fifth that was a bit of a, a turn up i mean it shouldn't be a full turn up because she's won a double there i think back in 2016 pre pre that horrendous injury but um i think uh yeah nice step from her yeah something we talked about it in in previous years like was she coming to the end we should, do we think she was going to join that list of people who should maybe uh think about retiring because they're not really offering a threat to the to the podium anymore but that that kind of showed you know, like you said, a couple fifths and obviously the podium was really close so maybe half a second off, off that, but still looked like she she found some speed that she looked like she might have lost. So it'll be interesting to see uh, when the next lot of speed races come around, if she's still got that speed and that confidence because, you know, you know just as well as anyone how much confidence plays a, a massive part in that. And I think the Austrians will, will take a lot from that as well because it seems every one of their races seems to have been coming off the back of a fairly long-term mm. injury. I remember Marcel saying oh, Leib's had an absolute ton of surgery. So her getting back on the podium was really good. And uh, what was a bit strange between the two downhills and, and off the back of the discussion we had last week about, about concussions is Cornelia Hutu off the back of the podium on the first day then didn't race on the second yeah. day because they said she was um, suffering from concussion-like symptoms from a crash she'd had in training like in a previous season not just this year yeah she gets gets headaches and she was having those headaches and like sort of blind spots in her vision it was sort of migraine-esque you know which yeah pretty scary when you're chucking yourself down a downhill of of that to be happening yeah and 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 like you said obviously she didn't say anything about it while she was skiing it was just after the race that she, she felt it but obviously like we discussed last week it's something that the sport needs to consider if this is, you know, you can come the third in a World Cup race and be feeling that bad afterwards mm. um, because of a pre-existing kind of condition that you've, that you've had. Um, obviously, we'll get on to what happened in the CPG in a bit, but just, yeah, I, I kind of remember looking at the start list thinking, oh, is she going to be able to get on the podium as well? Because everyone else is uh kind of filling out the the podium um from from the day before and, and it was and she was down as a as a dns so yeah uh yeah really 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 surprising but uh the other piece i made some notes on is just the depth of some of the squads we talk about it quite a lot but you know the italians have got a great speed team the swiss have got a, quite a few brilliant speed racers the austrians seem to have three or four women that can podium uh at any race 
and then there are other people from from outside of that that can can podium as well so those three squads could be really battling yeah. it out for the for the kind of speed supremacy um and yeah it, it's just really really fun to watch i think it's a great kind of starter for the women's speed tour yeah and, and at the same time starter for the women's tour it's a shame that that is the last time we're going to see late louise on a, as a world cup for the foreseeable so uh, just I was getting a bit nostalgic watching it, just thinking of like all the good times there. And it is one of the most iconic, um, one of the most iconic tracks, maybe not necessarily for its sort of technicality, but just, you know, first downhill of the year, something that's marked on the calendar as, you know, time to go racing when you go to Lake Louise and uh, and all that sort of stuff. And it is, you know, like like the season curtain call of, of uh, curtain razor, sorry, for the... Um, for Solden, it's very much that for speed. Yeah, and I mean, I know there's there's plenty of reasons why why it is being kind of taken off the tour circuit. And we talked about it before the men's race there that sometimes it's not the most exciting. But mm. the two sets of races we've had in the last two weekends, if they had been like that every year, you, you could you could say you, you have to have it on the circuit at all times. Be- a lot of that was down to the hill, though, wasn't it? I mean, the prep that it was bulletproof icy. And there were ripples in there uh, and it held up beautifully and the, and the snow was fantastic. I think Lake Louise, yeah, isn't the most tricky of downhills, but when the snow's like that, it is a proper, proper test. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot about being able to find resorts that can handle speed events mm. because of the amount of cancellation. So it wouldn't surprise me to see it come back again at some point looking through some of the kind of historical references of places that have had world cup races in the past and we've started to go back to in recent years i, I mean I, ho- I hope we do go back there because it is yeah. a brilliant spectacle um and the, the course looked i mean like i said this year this looked really fun um and obviously it's a lot of work goes into that um but at the same time we need we need hills that are suitable for challenging yeah. World Cup racing for for men and women. We don't I want mean, extra speed kind of flat places being added just because they've got good snow. Yeah, I mean, speed racing has been, I was about to say, dying a death, which is not which is not, again inaccurate. I'm saying a lot of stuff that I don't mean. But um, <laughs> <laughs> use your words, Eddie. Use yeah, your words. I'll try as it, as it is what I do for a living, um, but. It's one of those where you, you've late Louise this weekend was showing what downhill racing is about tight, close racing, right on the edge of the stuff, high speed jumps, high speed turns. And I think speed racing is something that Fizz are putting a lot of effort into. I think with like you talked about lack of training opportunities, meaning that the big teams will get those opportunities because they've got their own hills uh, and the smaller nations, it's costs a lot of money and extra money to run, you know, speed training than it does tech. You know, you can close off a slope in a, in a ski resort, um, given the right snow conditions, obviously, but you can close off a hill fairly quick, easily, you know, sort of three, four meters wide and run a slalom. Whereas if you want to do downhill training, resorts have got to shut whole sections of mountains and put up A nets and B nets and God knows what to try and make sure it's safe. Um, and so Fizz are very aware that speed program needs work and what a great advert that was this this weekend for it, I think, from Lake Louise. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And, you know, there are a few, obviously we talked about some of 
some of the performances already, but you know, I think it was exciting to see um, Bella. No, oh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Roboto's the... typed in. Go on, okay. say that again. I just say it was it was really good to to see uh, Bella Wright uh, from the states coming in with a good good performance on the first uh, first downhill. Yeah, um, she was fully attacking as well. She had a. She, I like this. I like her style. That she's just full full on full gas. She didn't seem worried a bit. I, I mean, I don't want to compare her to a great too early, but she was very much sort of Goggia style, whereas the, everything's getting chucked at it and right on the ragged edge. It was really cool to watch. There does seem to be a fair amount of that going on in, in the American squad at the moment. Uh, you know, breezy skis, a lot like that. Um, and, and we've seen it from Paula Maltzen in the tech side mm. uh, and, and Nina O'Brien as well. They, they all seem to have that just kind of, you know, probably watching how far Schifrin goes. Right, well, we've got to keep up with that. So yeah. let's, just, let's, just, yeah. let's just go uh, full send uh, as much uh, as quick, we can. Quick quick um, bit on the second downhill with Nina Ortlieb and then we'll, we'll pile on to the Super G. I mean, Ortley, Ortley, it was just a good story for her to be coming back uh, from all of those injuries that uh, we mentioned with uh, Marcel in the past. She looked really strong. She didn't look to be kind of favouring uh, any kind of particular side with her skiing, which, which is good because sometimes you can see a athlete that's coming back from injury kind of almost protecting one side or, or kind of holding off on a one one turn. So I thought it was, it was really great to see her back. And like I said, the Austrians have, have got like a squad that have three or four different women that can, can podium. Uh, who, who else was back? Schmidhofer was back from a really long absence as well. Um, and I think, to be honest with you, like it's, it's just good when we've got as many people racing as possible. Um, and apart from that, the only... Danny Wilton, just from the whole weekend, it's just, I don't think there's a much better sight than Corrine Suter's tuck. It is just absolute yeah. perfection. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was on fire. But yeah, Nina Ortlieb, great to see. Much has been promised from her. Um, again, pre injuries, we saw glimpses of it and then she got injured again. Let's just hope that she can put a decent run of, uh, of fitness together in terms of, you know, not having any more time off and away from the circuit because she's a serious talent. And again, like you said, for the Austrians, having a pretty tricky time of things on the tech side, on the tech side, they've got, you know, the two women that we've already talked about with Hooter and, and Ortley, but then you've also got Puckner that skied well as all weekend and, and Siebenhofer, Schmidhofer, like it's a good bunch again for the training. But on the Super G side of things, Ben, uh, Suter took a victory and she looked pretty good doing it as well. Uh, Hooter backed up that downhill podium from race one in second and Ragenhild Movenkult uh, was in third. Goggia made a few mistakes and was down in fifth. Hey, is he froze? Is she he froze? Have the Go on, you, fro- you froze again. Go for it. She threw on the brakes massively and still came fifth. Uh, I don't quite know how she did it because that was incredible speed after that mistake. Yeah. The Italians got it all wrong for me. All wrong. They, they, a load of them made the same mistakes at the top. Um, the Delagos, Cortoni made a mistake early on. Goggia made it. And you like, and I remember watching it thinking, if you're, you can make those errors, you know, you all make, everyone makes errors when they read a course, but you have to adjust and, and change the plan. The girls were making, the women were making it early on with, with the early bib numbers for the big guns. 
And then you're getting to the to the women starting in the twenties, like or the fifty, the teens, late teens, like Delago, and you're like, how are you still making the same mistakes? The coaches would have been like, pulling their hair out. And you, the amount of times you saw Italian get to the bottom and be like, you know, tapping their helmet, as in, you know, the sort of universal sign of use your head. What are you thinking? Sort of helmet, sort of fist taps. You're like, yeah, exactly. You wasted it. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot. I completely forgot we were supposed to change the line through that difficult section. Mm. It, it is strange when you see when you do see a whole squad have a line selection that they've gone through with the, with the coach and it not work out, and you're not quite sure if it's because the line's not right or because they made a mistake or if they didn't let the speed run into or out of the section properly. And I guess this is why the coaches get 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 paid is to then make those calls and say, okay, look, we're going for plan B through that section now, not, not what we discussed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've all been at races where watching other people make mistakes, you're never quite sure if that means you should stick with your original plan because you know, you can execute it or whether, you know, those people are making mistakes because they can't do that plan. So you, you need to change your plan. It's, it's, it's a really difficult uh, mindset to get into, which is why you've got to have a lot of faith with your teammates and your coaches, which we don't always touch on just how much faith people put into some, some course reports. So you really have to trust the advice you're getting. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw, I mean, Brunoni's uh, title defence didn't go as she would have hoped. So I think, yeah, the, Ital- the Italians just got, I think they just got it wrong in the inspection. It was set by one of the Germans, again, off the top of my head. Um, but the Italians, yeah, they, they just made a, an error, I think, in inspection, but it took a long time to change it, which I thought was a bit of a shame. But um, Suter looked great, I think, yeah. We saw Goop Barami look really good before that mistake. She was ripping that top section, then just came up past uh, Fishnet and over uh, over the breakover on fall away and just too direct, which which she, she tends to do that, doesn't she? She goes pretty gung-ho, goes pretty direct, and, and um, it just didn't quite pay off for her this time. Yeah, it was one of the, one of the comments from the commentators, certainly in, in the UK on, on that, was she, she's not known for throwing the brakes on. Like, to be honest, it was a bit of a surprise Goggia through the brakes on when she did normally just expect her to let it go and just say, no, I'm not making that gate and I'll, I'll beat everyone next week. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tipler made almost well the exact same mistake as, as Goop Barami did as well. And she was looking pretty fast. And that's another Austrian that can pick up her speed podiums as well um, when, when she gets it right. Uh, so there's, again, I think there's a really good, broad set of races that can that can challenge across both speed disciplines this yeah. year on the women's and that's and that's exciting and I know we'd we'd kind of had a quick guess as to whether Schifrin would do much and she came out very quickly and said she was gonna work on work on her tech but it would be interesting to see where she'd fit in this mix because when she well, gets she, her speed skiing right she's rapid as well. Well she's won she's won there in downhill hasn't she and and super G. Um but she said, I think she's again, which we don't, again, don't normally see from Schifrin. She likes to play these, which is something I I thought was a bit of a distraction the last couple of seasons for her. She, her and her team like to play a few games and don't let tell people where they're going and uh, if they're going to race in certain races and they only find out at the meeting when she gets pulled off, off a start list sort of thing. Um, but she's already said, I think, that her plan is to do Sestria this coming weekend. And then her plan is to go to Samaritz, which is in a fortnight's time to run those speed events there. So um, we won't have to wait too long to find out, really, which is pretty good. 
Um, but yeah, anything to add on the Super G's before we hit, head over to Beaver Creek for the for the men's? There was one one other um, kind of notable person was Marie, and I think it it was a quiet win for the kind of North American women's team as a whole. So we called out Bella Wright, but it, it was good to see her kind of get right back in that top ten because again, she's someone who's shown us in the past that she's got what it takes to get those podiums. And it was, Marie, was that probably Marie quite again. Yeah, 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 just sorry, to, to yeah. get back in that in that mix and again yeah. hopefully build some confidence because her, her kind of starts were dropping further and further back. Mm. Um so hopefully a top ten will kind of push her back into contention. Yeah, and she's got quite a lot of experience now, has Mitch. So let's hope that um that she's able to draw on that. Yeah, and that's a nice little boost and a ho- little home race, sort of bowing out of the late Louise with a decent performance on home snow, and hopefully then yeah, a little bit of a kick on before she heads over to uh over to Europe uh, imminently, I, I guess. There, there was one up. Did you say uh, Breeze Johnson nearly got hit by a, a bird? As yes. Well? That was the other <laughs> one. That was the, I, I, the other bit. I was, I was watching a highlight or something. What was it? It was, yeah. Uh, it, was, it looked like some sort of like, yeah, yeah, sort of parakeety type looking thing. And it was just a cr- coming across into Claire's corner, wasn't it? Right towards the bottom. And you're like, that bird made a pretty quick U turn. I didn't want to get splattered by a flying American be- 70 miles an hour. That would be terrifying, um, most definitely. Uh, having a bird, but you, you're trying to hold your line and your tuck, be like, this is not what I signed up for. Um, <laughs> it like, um, Chris, I think Christian Godina in Val Gardena, one of his last races, nearly get hit by a deer. Do you remember that? I mean, a deer, I would say, slightly easier to get out of the way of, but I've never never skied into a bird or a deer, I'd so much, I'm not, I'm not know, sure. If I'm, if I'm going to hit one while skiing, I'd much rather hit a bird than a deer. <laughs> probably agreed to do, do, do a lot more damage um but yeah no uh, no animals or ski racers were hurt in the uh, filming of this clip <laughs> the filming of lake louise races uh, but let's head over to the us <laughs> and the men were in action in beaver creek we lost the first downhill uh, due to copious amounts of snow that fell um and made it nigh on impossible uh, and the Glad, thankfully, I think the organisers decided that uh, that wasn't going to be uh, good conditions for racing. We did manage to get away one downhill, which, uh, and they ran it from the top, and the top is really flat. I, I was really surprised. I know, I get, I know that they want to, and, and I love that top section because you, you know, you've got that sort of fifteen-second flat, and then it really does disappear over. Uh, over that first little break into a huge compression on the left foot. And that's a bit of a calling card and you miss that if you don't start from the top. So I like the fact that we got to see that, but at the same time, uh, I think if we hadn't lost those double downhills earlier in the season, I think Fizz might've been more inclined to say that that probably wouldn't have gone ahead. But yeah, it's, just, a, it's it a tough so one. It was so windy, wasn't it? And it was gusty as well. It, yeah, it was. It was quite gusty. It the, the flags at the start of the uh, start hut, the top of the hill, and the start hut were. I thought they were going to come off um, on some of the shots they were showing. So I was like, I would not want to be racing in this. Um, but and it also the the start uh, gaps were really short. It looked like they were just firing them down to get as many people down as possible to try and make it a race, which I guess backs up what you're saying in terms of had they already not had a cancellation that weekend, they might not have yeah. called it. I think if there had been some some big crashes like we've seen at other races, they might have had a pause to to think about it and say, is is this safe? But 
it didn't seem unsafe it just didn't seem quite its normal self the hill it, yeah like you're saying because of the wind it was it did feel quite wind affected and i think after that that first kind of 10 or so it felt like people were really getting a bigger brunt of it mm. um so i feel like the people who had those early bib numbers really uh really benefited i think uh kilda picked the earliest number he could do or, or, or a very early one based on on what the uh uh the commentators were saying the good the good thing is that it was sort of true to form really that Odomat and Kilda were the ones battling it out and took the one two separated by six hundredths and then Jack Crawford Jack James I can't remember which one his actual name is but uh Jack James Crawford was um in third uh just under seven tenths eight tenths off the pace but yeah so whether it was certainly wind affected but thankfully it wasn't a banana it wasn't you know no, no disrespect to Martin uh, Schatter, who, you know, won in in Val d'Isere a couple of seasons ago, off the benefit of of weather. We still we didn't get that, but it was just yeah. You just what? I mean, it's an outdoor sport. I guess. Yeah, I think, suck it up and get on with it. Yeah, I think I think maybe Meyer and Creek Meyer might count themselves a little bit unlucky because they they're kind of they were not too far off Crawford, so they might think that on another day starting slightly earlier. Uh, they might have uh, got that third spot. Um, but, you know, they were there or thereabouts. Crawford's run, when it came down, looked like it was going to be a, a solid run. I wouldn't necessarily have thought that's getting on the podium, but still it was really good. But this battle with Kilda and Odomat is is just absolutely oh, so brilliant. Good. brilliant to watch every week. Like, who, whoever wins, the other one's in the finish area just pointing at the other one, like, oh, you got me or I got you. Yeah. But it's never by much. Every race, it's just hun- it's just hundreds between them. And I'm, I'm just trying to work out now if Kilda is already making the calculation of like, okay, what GSs am I going to do? Because oh, yeah, certainly is. Odomat's going to run Solden. away with it. Yeah. Now Odomat's getting so fast at downhill and, you know, 100%. almost nailed on for a podium in every super G. Kilda's got to be thinking, I can't, I can't have him picking up, you know, hundreds and eighties in every GS. Well, I've got my feet up. I've, I've got to go get points in all those races and, and really put the pressure on it, which means it's just going to be an absolutely brilliant battle this year. Yeah, it is a shame, though, that, um, I mean, Paris was nowhere was nowhere near close. Foyts was nowhere near close to his best form. Um, just off, yeah, so you, you want those. I mean, if those guys are on form and in the mix, like, just added a couple of extra little... <laughs> spicy nuggets but those two are definitely keeping everybody going and i think the american crowd with their adopted uh, norwegian son um were, were very happy with the, the outcome oh definitely and and it was it was it was a good race and like i said maya didn't look too far off his best he he made a couple small mistakes but i, I imagine we'll see maya and creek maya and when we you know realistically foyts will be in there as well when we um head back around to the next lot of speed races I, I don't imagine they'll be far away paris is a bit of a strange one because he doesn't look at all right at the moment i don't no, know it doesn't look comfy at all not had his setup there was a lot of discussion on the super g about his boots um but whether or not that's actually the issue is, is another matter entirely or whether he just needs more time to warm into the season. But we're used to seeing a lot more just raw speed from him and it just doesn't quite look like he's there yet. No. And it might just, it might just be timing. I mean, he's been around for a while now that the sort of 
it isn't unheard of for the the sort of more experienced guys to take a bit more time in the summer away from skiing and you know may, maybe he's just not quite able to to be where he wants to be just yet and uh, i don't know maybe it's making excuses for the guy but he, he, de- he didn't look comfortable his timing wasn't great he's not always the prettiest skier is he so it never i think i don't think you often watch paris and go oh my god that guy looks you know what a great skier to watch you watch it because it's like well in a china shop exciting where the guy's going to just monster his way around a turn and through a gate that that shouldn't happen but it's never like you know that guy is super fast and super smooth and it's such a joy to watch because it's technically brilliant so <laughs> unless it's well got and it's perfect <laughs> yeah yeah because he can do that that's, with exact, eyes that's exactly what you need to do but there. to be fair because that that cancelled race from um the first race the cancelled race from from beaver creek is being rescheduled for val gardena so i think i think paris might be quite happy with that <laughs> perfect <laughs> and, and maybe ready. maybe foits as well Yeah, he'll be ready, no doubt. Um, he'll be he'll be rocking for that one um, as well. I, similar to what we had in the uh, in the women's uh, RCS, showing a bit of his his speed again in in that downhill, uh, getting a top ten, getting in the seventh, looking a bit more like his old self. It yeah, just feels like the yeah. confidence slowly coming back, but yeah. he doesn't quite look there yet in terms of like the full. Well, he was He's not able to do approach. To, he's not able to do it top to bottom yet, as he was pre pre-injury uh, but he's certainly able to do it in sections now which is just a great sign because I think you know every single time he puts on his skis and certainly every time he puts on his race bib he's stepping in the right direction so yeah and on home snow kept the Americans happy which I think is a good point leads us on to the Super G which was uh, killed it again this time by two tenths in front of Odomat and then a certain Mr Alexi Pantero uh, and that it could be an incredibly valuable uh, podium performance going into uh, next weekend's Val d'Isere but we also had this the top 10 packed out fairly heavily by giant slalom skiers really Caveat Sell fourth Atli Lee McGrath fifth Hasa speed skier sixth then Bratton then Henrik von Appen who's uh, the Chilean uh, um, superstar uh, and then um, what other what else have we got River Radimus 16th yeah, it seemed like it was a bit of a one for the for the tech guys down there. Yeah, and that was going to be one of the, the things that I called out um, to, to you and and Marcel, if you bother to shout, um, was to uh, <laughs> was to, to say, do, do you feel in general that's something that we're seeing more of now, where the the super G is erring more to, towards that technical side than the sheer speed side? I think maybe each time it happens we notice it so we think it's happening more because it's such a surprise yeah. when it when it does happen you're like whoa where did these guys come from my only um, my only surprise with that is that it was set by one of the germans and he's setting in reality for sander and bauman who are downhillers speed skiers they're not tech skiers i mean if you told me that the course had been set by a frenchman or one of the you know Norwegians or whatever who've got more of a technical you'd say a technical background to their speed skiing then I would say that that podium makes total sense but when you've when it's been set by a German coach set for a more traditional speed skier it you know it makes me think but also with 
those guys on the uh, that are doing that Pantero, Caviezel, McGrath, Bratton, um, and to a certain extent, I guess River are maybe River not quite yet, but the others are looking at in future being glo- uh, big globe winners. And again, as we've talked about multiple times, if you want to be a big globe winner, you can't do it in two. I really, I genuinely believe you can't do it in two disciplines anymore. So I think you're seeing some of these guys that not necessarily going for the big globe today, but in two, three seasons time, they're already getting their grafting on the speed skis and, and they're making good steps, I reckon. Yeah, I think if you're going to do it in two, you've got to have no one else taking points off you. It needs to be like Hershey used to be in, in tech. Basically, you win yeah. all or most of the slaloms and GSs. And if you don't, you're second and that's it. And then you're, you're picking up 100 or 80 points in every race you're at. Um, and even, you know, Herschel went and did some some downhills and Super Gs as well. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. The, and these guys, especially those those Norwegians you mentioned, they've got no fear um, of anything and they trust their ability completely. And they're such good skiers. It's a very physical track, isn't it? Over in in um, Beaver Creek, it's, it's the altitude's high. It's got a lot of terrain down the bottom. It's it is a very technical set. So, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, Pantero's picked up uh, podiums in Beaver Creek before. I say that without having looked that up again. Sorry to be semi-professional. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's picked up uh, podiums there before in speed. So it, it's not a surprise. You know, if you go if you go to, I don't know, a Kitzbühel and it's Kitzbühel Super G's won by a tech skier is a bit more of a surprise or maybe Val Gardena won by a tech guy is a bit more of a, a surprise. But I think in terms of, you know, like late Louise, I mean, Beaver Creek, sorry, it's it, the Super G's often gear themselves towards a more technical side of, of, of Super G skiing. So, but um, yeah, great, great run from, um, from River though, wasn't it? From it was, high bit. It was a great run for River and the, the celebrations in the finish area were quite good. And it's good it's good to see him pumped and, and ready for the season because his world juniors the other year were incredible and we've seen glimpses of what he's got. And then we've seen, you know, the the funny hair and and the other bits and pieces that are all part of his personality up to this point. And and now he's he's showing his I mean, obviously we always knew he had the ski and it was just a case of getting his feet under the table at the tour. And then kicking into gear and, you know, he, yeah, he looked absolutely pumped. So if we can see some of that in, in the GS tour, I'd be, I'd be really, uh, really pumped. Um, and yeah, he's, he's a fun guy to watch ski. Um, so I hope, I hope you can get to see a bit more of it throughout the season. Uh, yeah. One thing I wanted to uh, mention, you said similar to the women's Super G was there were a lot of questionable line choices going on. I think Schmeisteristed uh, going down uh, first, um, or second made a, a, a kind of bit of a line error and then quite a lot of people on the I think it was that Harrier jumped towards the bottom there were some uh, uh, three or four people taking really bad lines to the point where Finn on commentary was saying you know some people might just be following the lines in the snow yeah. and then having no idea how late they are when they're going <laughs> over the roll yeah well RCS ducked his way on uh, underneath a panel there didn't he because he went too direct as well and he wasn't the only one. There are a couple people that didn't necessarily go through the panel, but could have taken the, the same evasive action that he did. Although I don't know that he knew a huge amount about the evasive action until after it happened. 
I, I think that is a genuine thing, especially if it's early on where you see a couple of lines going in a direction and it's sort of like, hang on a minute, do I trust? Because I think I'm supposed to be, you know, more skiers left or whatever the whatever the position is, but I'm my inspection line is further out than that. But then if they've turned in there, then maybe I'm wrong. And it's sort of that inner battle. You you know, as a racer, you'll always have that inner battle of going, who's right? Am I right? Do I trust what I'm doing? Or do I look at those lines and trust what they're doing? And you're doing that whilst you're going best part of 70 miles an hour. And you've got that conversation in your head just took like 0.2 of a second. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how long you've well, got to make like, that decision. Do I, do I go with it? Yes, no, no, good. Yes. Oh, crap. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Crawford as well was was another one who was right in the mix on on the Super G as well. So he could have had like a bumper weekend of results um, and not necessarily that he followed any lines in, uh, in, in the snow, but he was just having a great run until until he uh, uh, started making making his mistakes. Yeah, yeah. But no, all, all in all, I think, yeah, cracking weekend of racing. Shame we lost that first downhill to the weather and that the second downhill, I don't know, the wind was affecting it a bit, but great to be back in in uh, in north america but uh, it is time to travel back across the pond uh, the men are in action tech action giant slalom and slalom from val d'Azere saturday sunday uh, and the women are in sestria for the same they are racing giant slalom slalom and um it's going to be you know val d'Azere is one of the most tr- tricky World Cups on the tour. Uh, and as we've seen over the last few seasons, the weather can be horrendous there as well. And so we'll sort of see what we've got in store. What are you looking forward to this coming weekend? I think, I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see if Pantero is really back. And if there's a way to find out, it's having raced down Val d'Azere where historically he has been incredible um so i guess we'll get a feel for it now if he's really on form or not um like that that's going to be the way the way to show it because normally his technique and strength really comes through on that really challenging valdezir paste yeah i I, that's exactly what i was going to say i'm looking forward to sort of seeing whether which um which pantero is going to turn up and uh is he going to be able to take the fight? Obviously, the fight to Odomat. Uh, I just can't. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to see. I just don't want to see every race be won by Odomat because I don't want it to be a foregone, almost a foregone conclusion. So I'm really hoping that we get a proper, proper battle between um, the likes of I him mean, and Christofferson and and, and Bratton and. Yeah, he did. He did walk away with the GS Tour last year. I mean, he had such a massive gap between uh, the next people, which was Christofferson. Surprisingly, Feller came third on the overall tour. But he only had three hundred twenty-six points because Odomat had all of the rest of the points. He <laughs> just had all of them, um, and then and then Bratton and, and Pantero in fourth and fourth and fifth. So, it, yeah, last year was so dominant by Odomat. It'll and obviously, as as you and Marcel covered that first race of the season, pretty much picked up exactly where he left off. And by yeah. the speed he's put down in Super G and downhill, um, everyone else is probably hoping that hopefully he's got a little bit tired after yeah. the last few weeks worth of racing. Yeah, but then like like we just said, a lot of the GS stars were there. I mean, obviously not Christofferson, but a lot of the lot of the GS stars were were out there as well. So they'll be hopping on a plane probably as we speak. Really, what we we're recording Monday. Monday night so they'll already be on a plane if they're not on one already if they're not already 
here. Especially those Red Bull guys, maybe cashing in some Red Bull chips on a <laughs> on a private plane, resuming their way over. Um, well, and as so as well as that, we get to see the uh, season debut of uh, the Rocket. Yes, and the and the British boys in slaloms. So they've been looks like they've been putting in some serious work in. Uh, uh, they've been in Levy. They've certainly been somewhere uh, very, very far north. I'm not sure if it was specifically Levy or, or somewhere else they've been uh, training. But it looks, uh, you know, I'm, I've been waiting to see some slalom. Let's get it going. Yeah, it's going to, well, the, yeah. Val, let's just hope for some good weather because Val is there when it's, when it's got good weather. The racing is insane because the faster Belvard is absolutely ruthless um are you ready for, are you ready for some picks we already know that Rep- that Raposo is the choice of um that Mr Mathis Marcel Mathis is, is going I think four times for Raposo I think he's picking him in the women's as well as he's yeah, not that's here what, that's what I put down in my notebook so yeah, uh, cool. yeah must be the cool. truth um okay w- would you like first pick in men's giant slalom or slalom I will say slalom. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to go for Clement Noel to start the year. Ooh, sir. On uh, home-ish snow uh, with a win. Oh, I like that. I like that little um, little nugget of the old Clement Noel. Do you think he's um he, he didn't have a great year last year no, by, but he by picked his up standards. being an Olympic champ now, isn't he? Yeah, which normally is a bit of a boost for your confidence. Um, yeah, that usually will do it, won't it? I think it, it's a tough one, but like you said, the, the hill is so hard. It's a it's a tough one to think who who else can come out of, of there. Um because a lot of the guys that had good years last year are more kind of that get them on rails and let them go type guys. Yeah. And you really can't do that in Valdezern. Do you know what? I would, I'm going to go tentatively. I'm going to go Christofferson uh, in the slalom. I say tentatively because he's on, he's on Van Deer slalom skis. And we've obviously had, we've got no way of knowing if those skis are, I mean, I know they're not going to be rubbish, rubbish, but we don't really know how they perform. The GS ones worked pretty good for him in the first yeah, race. Exactly, so. yeah. So I, I think, yeah, a bit of a bit of a shot, but I think, yeah, Christofferson, I'm going to go with Christofferson for the uh, slalom. And obviously in the GS, as I've got first pick, I've got to go with uh, Odom out, I'm afraid. And a feeling you're going to do that. Well, I did um, give you the choice to say which yeah, way. Yeah, I, I just didn't want to pick Adam Matt because uh, it was too, it was too, it was too obvious. And to be honest with you, I was going to um, go for Christopherson. That's on who these I was going to go skis and start yeah. riding this Van Deer gravy train and see what happens. That's exactly. Um, I would have gone with it if if you'd gone Adam Matt in in the GS. I would have gone for. I, I think that's a decent shout. I think he he looked pretty quick, of, of, but then um, he. I mean, he would have been a lot closer and he was a lot closer, wasn't he, in Solden until he made a small mistake coming off the steep and onto the flat, which obviously, as we well know, is the worst place to do it. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, I think that's I think that's a pretty good shout. And he's well rested. He's not travelled um, out to North America. He's not de- dealing with any sort of jet lag. He's just been quietly getting about his business. And yeah, I, I kind of feel like he might be... Um, yeah, might be going going some. 
I feel like the any of those Norwegian guys could have a big weekend there. Yeah. I feel like the you know like the, the guys you just mentioned that would would were there uh, doing well at the uh, at, at the Super G. I feel like any of those could have a real impact. Like Bratton and McGrath could. I could see either oh, one so of those good, guys winning. It? To be honest with you, it's so open, isn't it? I, I love the fact that it's this open. Although what we did, neither of us uh, uh, quite thought uh, Will Kilda show up and. Uh, Lay down, lay down some uh, some monster he's, terms. He'll definitely be there. If there's if there's someone who wants to fight with a mountain uh, with just sheer brute strength, yeah, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be, be killed. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, he was he was skiing really well in in um, Solden as well, wasn't he? I know that's now quite a long time ago, but he was skiing pretty well there. So let's see if he's able to. Yeah, he could easily sneak a top five without worrying. Uh, What's I going to say? It, onto oh yeah, Dave quickly dave i think he doesn't he doesn't notoriously love it in in um val desert i think what do you think credible what would you be happy for in a credit or a good performance credible performance from dave um, in, in val D? we're talking about a man with the world cup win under his belt so winning is the only option now oh. so. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, obviously, last year was just you know for for a lot of us a bit like a, a, a kind of fairy tale uh, watching some of those results come in. But at the same time, Dave openly admits uh, that Valdezier is not his his favourite or best resort for for racing in. But you know, he's got the form behind him. He'll be there, and you know, realistically, he'll want top fives in every race. And then in the ones that he knows, he's he, like the hill suits him. He'll be looking for podiums. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm there with you. I think uh, a top seven. I, I think if he gets a top seven, I'll be uh, I'll be pretty pleased with that. That's where I'm. You hear that, Dave? The, the press is already writing you off. Prove the him wrong. Press. <laughs> the press. I am the, the Ed Drake. The Ed Drake press is writing oh, you off. That's the most important press, isn't it? <laughs> um, and as well, we've, we've got Billy and Laurie as well. And yeah. those guys keep showing glimpses of, of what they can do. And it's so nearly there for them. We well, they've got the speed. They just have... don't have the consistency, do they? I think, that's, I think that's probably pretty accurate and fair, is that those boys are fast. And in training, they push Dave all the way. But Dave is metronomically good in terms of just repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And... Uh, and that's where Dave sort of has been able to to be so good is that he's been injury free and, and metronomic with his with his skills and, and with his time on snow and and those boys have got the pace. I think they're just looking for looking for this, the, the timing and all that sort of stuff to come week in week out. Um, onto the women, onto the women. Uh, I think we've got yeah Saturday GS Sunday slalom. Um, I can see you're, you're flagging up a Raposo, Raposo comment to me. Well, Marcel thinks a Raposo is going to win um, in both Slalom and GS for the men. I, I think for Raposo, uh, the, he'll be feeling the pressure slightly, I think, after uh, after Solden. And so and he DNF'd in a Europa Cup the other day. So I think he'd be over the moon, as would we, I think, if he, if he can get himself a second run. It will be... He's got... You know, we we know that he's got good skills and he can be fast, but I think that has got to be his target is just getting a second run. And if that means, you know, a 30th, sneaking a 30th 30th position 
and picking up one World Cup point, I think that is still a result when he's not been super consistent. I know he's picked up those banging results in in um, Kranska Gora last season, but I think at this point, he just needs to get another result, another World Cup result under his belt so that he can crack on. Yeah, Valdez not one that known for high bib numbers oh, sticking no. it in the second run because it just turns into a, a minefield quite quickly with uh, how much uh, edges are getting slammed on. Yeah. Um, but like you said, just get some confidence. Obviously, we talked about Christofferson on 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 the Van Dears and obviously Charlie's on him as well. But you know, just just put some skiing down. I think Marcel said he's, he's certainly seen more from him than than he showed in in, in Solden. So let's. Let's see a bit more of what you are capable of. Bring some of the training form um, to, to the World Cup and, yeah, let it rip. Yeah, man. All right, so Sestriere for the women, just before we go. What are your thoughts? Who, where, where do you want to start? You can go first in either Slalom or GS. Who's your money on? I am going to go Slalom first. Um, <laughs> Don't pick my pick. You going Sandy Wendy Oscar Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> okay, nothing. I won't pick your. I won't pick your pick. I'll pick Michaela Schifrin instead. Um, you go. Uh, so you're going to go Schifrin. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking for some points. Some, yeah. Um, I, I just think, to be honest, with you, she will want some. Revenge is the wrong word. She's won more races than anyone ever, pretty much these days. Um, so it's not like uh, losing out one will upset her too much, but you know she specifically didn't do those speed races. She's coming back for a weekend of tech. Yeah, she's going to be on shivering form. Um, yeah. So I feel like it, it's the hot hand, as as brilliant as it would be to go with either of the other two uh, ladies or Vlahova. Um, I just feel like Shiffrin's now going to have her statement uh, after the after the slight Killington mishap. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably decent. Um, but I, I'm going to go Swen Larson. I think she's, I, lo- I, I thought she's on great form. She's skiing well in GS as well as slalom, and I think that she's, she's got that, she's got that mega result from last weekend. I just feel like she's just going to kick on now. Uh, who I would love to see win, and I would happily take uh, three points instead of five. Would be Lena Dur if she could, if she could win. Uh, that would, I'd still be happy with that. No, she's got to get up to like 40 podiums like Sandy Wendy oh, before it becomes a big story. She's doing, this, she's doing the Sandy Wendy route. Oh no, poor poor woman. Poor there woman. was, I think, I can't remember which it was. I think it was the women's uh, Super G. Uh, one that come to, they're, they're clearly having a look for who the new Sandy Wendy's going to be. And it was quite disappointing that the next nearest person, I think it was Tamara Tipler on her run, they were saying, oh, she's been on the podium five times without winning in CPR. I was like, that's nothing. That is nothing. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't count. That's not Sandy Wendy territory, not at all. Wanted to write, um, in some, write in a request for a stat man job for Eurosport. Yeah, you should. You should. Uh, um, okay, so on to the giant slalom. Um... Oh, I'm undecided as you as you'll be uh, well aware as usual. Um, Picking the country, here we go. <laughs> no, no, I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Hector, but I was quite wanting to pick Gooper Army, but I'm not going there yet. Only because she didn't. She definitely didn't perform in. Uh, in Val in 
wherever we were. Lady Louise, get it again eventually. I, she looked. I'm going to say that she looked disinterested, which could be a hundred percent wrong, but that's what it felt like watching it on the television. And I just don't want that to translate into into tech this coming weekend. Yeah, so I mean, having that win already will hopefully keep her motivated because that can be that. Okay, cool. I'm going to win this globe for a change. I'm sure she's not disinterested. I'm sure yeah. she's not disinterested, but that's what it sort of what it felt like watching that. Watching that. Yeah, and you know, there's it, Hector's a good pick. She's looked like she's got a ton of speed in in Slalom and GS at the moment. Um, there's only one person I'm going to pick, um, but at the same time, there's there's quite a few other people I'm interested to see how they do. I want to see a little bit more from Brignoni this week. Yes. Um, she's not quite, she looks a bit rusty in everything so far this year. So I'm really looking to, to see something from, from her um, and a bit more from the Austrians. because Bacino looked good though, didn't she? Bacino so could do something. Yeah, Bacino, obviously she's already had a podium. Excited to see what she she can do. And, you know, Mo Winkles started the season yeah. flying in, yeah. in everything she's raced in. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm picking Tessa because it's GS. And, Are you and, actually, uh, I mean, like, I know that you, I know that that's almost a given that you're going to pick Tessa, but I can't think that you genuinely think she's going to win. How dare you? I mean, I'm sorry. Tessa Worley listens to the ski racing podcast <laughs> and she knows, she knows full well. Lizaro is going to come and beat me up as well. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but on, do you, I mean, Tessa's, Tessa's always got to think. This if, is the defending putting, giant slalom crystal you're globe champion you're talking about. If here, I said to you? you've got to put, you've got to put a hundred of your well-earned pounds on, uh, which is about a hundred dollars, by the way. Um, <laughs> Uh, your hard-earned pounds on a winner for tomorrow for for tomorrow for for the GS. Are you telling me you're going to put a hundred of your very hard-earned pounds on Tessa Worley? I like how hard you make it sound like I work. It's brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously there are other picks, but if I put it on Tessa, I'd definitely win a lot of money, which you won. Um, <laughs> because the odds are, you the odds are slimy but that is just that is a way just to work around my question yeah. I mean, but you know a slippery she, little bugger she, she's got me at plenty points in, in the past and although she wasn't her best uh, in the opening year she still was 7th it wasn't like she was 30th and looks like a shadow of a form yeah that's fair I mean that is fair no, I just wanted to, I was just wondering I just, uh, yeah because I know that we is, joke that you pick yeah. up and yeah, um, you know Hector really is is probably the you know the the person everyone's looking at now after her form last year. Whereas Tess has always been kind of a, what you'd probably say on on commentary, kind of every week going into a race, you'd probably say Tess was one of the dark horses. She's always got it in her. Yeah. She's never quite had that consistency yeah. to challenge Vlahova and, yeah. and and Schifrin for a season's worth of GS. Yeah. And obviously last year. Was was everything kind of the stars aligned, yes. especially with Hector getting that kind of late season injury as well. Yeah, everything kind of lined up perfectly for her to take the globe. But yeah, she's one of those people. You you know she's always got it in her. It's just a case of can she put the two runs together, and then she's got the speed. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'd never I'd never write her off until she starts looking slow. I'll keep picking Tessa. I mean, obviously yeah. if there's there's races yeah. where there's someone else I want to pick, then I'll go for it. Yeah. All right. All right. Just asking. Jesus, um, a quick quick Brit watch before we go. Um, Charlie Guest 
I feel like we we sort of got the, the performance we thought we might get out of her after the levy results where she DNF'd after absolutely flying. And then the the then the next tech race out in Killington, the cautious came back looking to try and get to the finish and then didn't make any points. I feel like we might go back. She might have sort of realised that that's also not the way to play it because she didn't pick up any World Cup points doing like that. So I very much expect and hope that we are going to see the levy uh, Charlie Guest and get back hammering. Because I don't think, unless there's unless somebody doesn't race, I don't think she makes the top 30 uh, start list WCSL. So... Yeah, we were looking at that before, and and it's it's touch and go, depending on who doesn't 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 race. But you, I guess a lot of it comes down to the the process she's going through. You know, she's only just changed coaches this year, so is it going to be a case then of take this skiing and I'm gonna this is going to be how I'm going to ski for this season, come what may, rather than oh actually I strategically need a few points to stay in the stay in the 30 because there's no point committing yourself to the style she had in Levy if you're not going to commit to it. You, you've got to kind of once you make those changes, you've really got to commit to it and go all out and 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 I hope she does. Obviously I don't think she did anything wrong in those races. Um, it wasn't like it was reckless skiing and you're always going to come out going that straight or that hard. It was just pretty unlucky both days. Obviously, you know, skiing out at some point is your fault. But at the same time, I didn't think, oh, that's silly. You weren't watching her saying, oh, she's going to come out in the next 10 gates because it's unsustainable. Um, so, um, yeah, I want to see that that same style of skiing from her. And similarly, uh, someone who also we know, isn't ever going to back off is, is Alex Tilly. Um, and obviously she'll probably be doing the slalom and the GS, but I'd like to see kind of the, the Tilly from a couple of years ago in, in the GS when she was starting to, to, to rack up those consistent performances. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she, she always looks like she's got the speed, but as well, she's swapped, swapped over equipment as well. Um, I think yeah, well, she saw, yeah, she did that not this summer, she swapped last year, but then got but, then didn't ski most of last year because she was exactly, injured, didn't she? Yeah, exactly. I think that can, I just think every single time she pulls on a bib and gets racing again, she is going to get better and the timing's going to come back and it's all going to start to flow again. So, I just hope that you know, again, another step in the right direction just you know starts to put those performances in the finish, which is obviously a must if you want to. School World Cup points, <laughs> obviously. Um, ben, thank you very much for your time. Uh, and until next time, bye for now.